and welcome to Mostly Rational, a podcast in which we answer your questions in a way that is rational. Mostly. I'm Tawny Sanchez. And I'm Asia Sanchez. Today, we have a lot of random questions, no particular theme, which, wow, surprise, we didn't prepare well. Hey, I made a spreadsheet. It's not my fault that people gave us such a potpourri of questions and also not questions. Questions that people did not intend to go on this podcast. Questions that are not at all ending with question marks. (laughs) (laughs) Questions that, you know, just were leftovers that we picked out of our previous podcasts. Like, for example, here's one I got. I can't read. Well, sir, do I have incredible news for you. (laughs) It's a miracle. (laughs) They didn't say they couldn't write. (laughs) Well, then that's a miracle of probability. (laughs) They're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm responding to. Someone find those monkeys writing Shakespeare. Did I tell you I bought a complete works of Shakespeare book? Did a monkey read it? It is very heavy, and it was only $10. There's a bookstore in town, and they were bas- they were giving away free books, and the fanciest book like I got was the Shakespeare one, and it was $10. It was crazy. Um, gonna read so it? So inexpensive. Are you just gonna like, look at it and feel important? <laughs> i've read parts of it i've read shakespeare before um but there's ones i didn't haven't read yet i never read much ado about nothing we've read shakespeare okay (laughs) do you know what do you get the reference (laughs) what is that from why do i know it's the court jester intro song ah okay (laughs) I was like, I just watched that recently. Um, I was showing it to a couple people. Honestly, one of my favorite songs in the whole movie. So good. What a great movie. Oh, so I good. wish more people knew about Court I Chester. know. We need to have a movie night. Um, well, I've already had a movie night to show that to people. You have? Couple. Cool yeah. invite. You've seen it. Yeah. We grew up watching I that like, literally on a monthly watch basis. I any time. <laughs> well, the last time I watched it, it was with people at my house. It wasn't like a streaming thing. Anyway, um, life update time, Asia? Um, no, not really. Um, I'm gonna be moving to the top floor of the house soon. Um, I work from home now, that's nice. And I gained a bunch of weight, so that's probably about it. (laughs) Cool beans. I don't really have much of a life update. Um, I'm- it's winter in New York, and I don't really do anything- I feel like there's been a lot going on, and yet not really anything worth sharing, especially on the internet, but... (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I've been working on writing new music. That's a thing. Um, Um, Okay, so basically the update is that not much has happened, which I'm sure is true for a lot of people with this pandemic that will never, ever, 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 ever end. Oh, yeah. I guess that is one update is um, Japan plans are a lot more tentative than they were previously because we're not allowed in the country currently. And even if we were, we'd have to quarantine for two weeks once we got there. And solidly, they apparently put a anklet on you to confirm that you stay at home or wherever it is that you're quarantining. So that's actually an update um, that... The Japan plans I had. Japan plans. We had. Japan plans. The Japan plans. A little bit more. <laughs> Japan. 
um, are a bit more tentative. South Korea is canceled, um, <laughs> which I'm really sad I'm about. Devastated. And yeah, basically, if we went to South Korea, we'd have to quarantine for the entire time we were there. That is if we were able to even get there. Um, but we currently can't even get to Japan, at least until the end of December, and then it'll be reevaluated whether or not they're letting people in to the country. So I learned so much Korean for nothing. Yeah. I had to switch back to Japanese. I learned not enough Japanese. <laughs> so even if we were allowed to get into Japan, though, we would have to quarantine for two weeks while we were there, which, you know, that's <laughs> like a decent chunk of the trip. Yeah. Which, I don't know, might be worth it to me still, um, because timing-wise, we'd still be there for the cherry blossoms. Yeah, we could still chill. We could. I mean, we could... It's not that bad. We can go outside... You know, there's a yard and stuff. It's not like it's we're staying in a pod motel or something. Yeah, and for me, I I have to work while I'm there anyway, so it's not a huge difference. Mm-hmm. It's like a couple of weekends where I don't get to do stuff, but it could still be fun. And then after that, we're we'd have free reign. But yeah, that's all provided we actually get to go to the country. I am wanting to be very careful right now to not expose myself to COVID because I can't get my booster shot yet because it hasn't been six months since I've been vaccinated. And the booster is supposed to really help you to be more protected against Omicron. And I have tickets to Washington next month. And I, that trip, looking forward to that trip is all that's keeping me going. And so I cannot get sick before I go. I ordered a home, a two home tests um, because I was watching Dr. Mike and he had a thing where you go through his link and you get two free home tests. So I got those and I am fully planning to use those before I go because I don't want to spread it, but I, I do. Those better be negative. You know what also helps with you not getting COVID again is the fact that you already had COVID. Maybe that's a life update. I Yeah, I had COVID. I forgot. <laughs> this is where I'm not sure, though, because w- what I read, some people are saying, oh, now you're extra immune because you had COVID. They're like, that could be true. On the other hand, you did get COVID despite being vaccinated. So that could also just be a sign that you have no immune system. <laughs> so should we actually get into the questions now that we're 30 <laughs> minutes into this podcast? Sure. So I felt for a long time that my ideal job would be to just have an office and I don't do anything. But people come in, (laughs) I love, bear with me, people come into my office when they have a problem that is like a weird problem that they just can't solve any other way. And then that's where I come in. So basically you wanna be a therapist? No. Like, like they can't find something or like they are having a problem that a, a they can't troubleshoot. therapist. Yes, there we go. <laughs> anyway, I just thought it's because at so many of my jobs, the normal part of my job, I was like, uh, I can't do anything. But then like when there was a weird problem no one was expecting to have and no one knew what to do about it, I'd be like, oh, I have an idea. And then that's where they're like, oh, that's why we keep you around, Asia. So I thought if only that were my whole job. So that I just did the part that I was good at, which is 
being weird and having weird solutions to things. So anyway, I went on Instagram and I asked people to send me their problems because I just thought it would be fun. And then Tawny was like, hey, you're sure getting a lot of questions on here that you're answering on Instagram instead of our podcast. And I was like, oh yeah, we have a podcast. So I already answered them on Instagram, but now we're gonna get my opinion and Tawny's opinion on how to solve these problems that people sent in. And most of them are gonna be anonymous because when they sent them in, they weren't planning on having their names featured on a podcast. So we're just gonna keep it mad discreet. Plus they were anonymous originally on your story, so yeah. yeah. And a lot of them are, I think, big enough. I don't think we want to answer anything that are specific. And- yeah, if it's too obvious who it is, we'll just not answer it unless they tell us that we can. Like, I know who asked a lot of these questions, but they were anonymously answered on Instagram, so we'll keep it that way. We also have a couple of questions that were sent in specifically for the podcast, so... The- Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah anyway that's the explanation that took 10 years Shut up. how about we get started <laughs> okay our first non-question um is about what to do when you have a close friend that doesn't initiate what does that mean like a close friend that doesn't initiate hanging out uh, that's, or... that was my assumption like you know you have a close friend who never seems to initiate contact talking hanging out (laughs) (laughs) we're that friend (laughs) yes we are yeah um if you have a close friend that doesn't initiate and they are at all like asia and i if you want to be friends with them you're going to have to initiate (laughs) it's not that i never do walk it off get over it (laughs) (laughs) kind of i don't know it's like it depends you have to kind of decide are they worth your time or is it worth it for you to be the one who is mostly going to initiate and if you were to bring it up with that person are they gonna make an effort to try and change that behavior like if someone told me specifically that they didn't think i wanted to hang out with them because i never initiated plans or anything i would be like oh well, I didn't want to bug you because I automatically assume everyone hates me. So if, now that I know you actually want to hang out with me and you weren't just tolerating me, I'll bug you all the time. Well, let's watch a movie, you know? So a lot of the time, I think that it's an insecurity on the part of the person who doesn't initiate. That's actually just one reason that could happen. But I think that having a conversation about it, like if it's something that's actually upsetting you, then talk to them about it. Relatable. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and read my original answer. I think it has some similarities to yours. I wrote, if this friend is an introvert, or especially if they have ADHD, this may not be a problem they can easily fix themselves. If you always have fun together, then they like to be around you. So try not to be offended by this limitation of theirs. They're probably happy to receive your invitations and assume that if you want to hang out, then you'll ask. On the other hand, there's nothing wrong with telling them that you'd like them to tell you when they'd like to hang out sometimes, but try not to make it feel like an attack on their character. So that was my original Instagram answer, and I stand by it. But I liked your answer, too. Yeah. I I like the point about not attacking their character, too, because if you make it sound like, hey, why are you such a hermit? 
you know, what's wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not going to encourage someone to initiate anything. No, that's going to reinforce probably... the everybody secretly hates me complex. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So just saying like, hey, I want to hang out, but sometimes I don't have the energy to be the one to reach out or I feel like I'm bugging you. So mm-hmm. whatever, you know? Okay. Yeah. Next question. This, the next one's kind of related, huh? Yeah, actually. All right. The next question is, I have this weird thing I do where I assume that people will abandon me later or pretend to like me. So, (laughs) yeah, that's interesting. I don't think it's a weird thing. I think it's a pretty common thing. Or am I I wrong? Am I I weird? Just kidding. Don't answer that. (laughs) Abandonment issues much. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't, yeah, I don't think that's a weird thing. I think that it's quite common. It's not necessarily a good thing Mm -hmm. or an okay thing. It's more like it is an issue, but it's probably from stemming from something. My Instagram answer was... This is something a therapist can help you work through, but my amateur opinion is that this is a defense mechanism that you have built up over the years to protect yourself from being surprised by abandonment. I do know this person, so I wrote, knowing you, you've expressed you may have ADHD and that sometimes comes with rejection-sensitive dysphoria, which is another thing you could discuss with a professional. Like, I don't want to armchair (laughs) diagnose them, but... Yeah, that sometimes does go hand in hand with ADHD. It's just being hypersensitive to rejection or perceived rejection, fear of future rejection, (laughs) you know. Yeah, Uh, I definitely can't say that I don't have those same (laughs) fears. I mean, that's kind of the thing. Like, I just assume that people tolerate me when they hang out with me. Mm -hmm. And it's just, yeah something therapy could help me with as well. Here's the thing. I I grew up definitely feeling like an outcast a lot of the time, and I definitely did get bullied a bit. However, in retrospect, and this may just be the value of having 10 years on the person who sent in this question, (laughs) in retrospect, the people that I thought were bullying me, some of them were, but some of them weren't doing it on purpose. And we were all just immature and growing. And then also the majority of people are more concerned with like what's going on in their own lives. They're not thinking about every little thing that you're doing and they're not obsessing as much as you think they are about your choices, like what you wore that day or whatever. And it seems to me like that despite there having been experiences where I felt rejected, the majority of people did not make me feel that way. And I think the majority of people are either more concerned with their own lives than than worrying about whatever you did, or they do have your best interests at heart. And I And whether or not that's true... I think it's better for your own personal happiness to just give everybody the benefit of the doubt and assume they like you, assume they want the best for you. And then if somebody proves the opposite to be true in their case, then they're just the odd one out in that situation because you've got the majority on your side if you're giving them all the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) So I was thinking that... We can't expect everyone to like us. And it's it's interesting. I was staring at this question and it's like, assume that people will abandon me later on or pretend to like me. And honestly... Don't we all? Friends... <laughs> friend, well, the thing is, the reality is friends come and go. Mm-hmm. 
you're not going to stay best friends with every single person you meet. You're going to go through life filtering out and finding the people that you actually enjoy being around and that enjoy being around you. And it may not be as many as you expect, and it may be that you find somebody that you want to be friends with, but they necessarily they don't necessarily feel the same like closeness with you, and that's fine. Like you just have to keep meeting new people and if people move on from like the friendship that's it's not necessarily because you're a bad person or there's something that they should dislike about you it's just that you know not everyone clicks and wants to be super close friends so i think when you're younger you know you know fewer people you have fewer experiences so they all feel like such big deals like each all these friendships feel like such a big deal and some of them do last but even the people who are really socially successful like they're super friendly and everybody genuinely likes them they're just popular I've even heard somebody who I would consider to be kind of like that say, you know, they feel bad because they just can't keep in touch with everybody who they've drawn close to over the years because, you know, they're getting older and it's just they've accumulated so many close friendships over the years. It's impossible. They'd have to spend all day every day just just staying in touch with people even though they really genuinely love these people they just can't it's too many and so yeah you know you have to choose and it it has nothing to do with how much they like this person or that person it's just a matter of practicality yeah and then on the other side of things sometimes it does have to do with people change you know <laughs> i'm when trying you to be grow, positive <laughs> I'm just, you know, that's good and people should try and be positive, but the reality is and the reason we feel this way is because it happens. Yeah, it's true. Because our friendships will start to fade, but it's reality and that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with us. It just means, I mean, that's just how life is. Those might not have been your people. People grow. (laughs) Yeah, they might not have been your people. People grow in different ways. And so that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. Um, it's my people have changed drastically as just over COVID. I'm like, this is not the friend group I started COVID with. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's a reasonable fear to have, I think, because it's kind of realistic in a way. I mean, it kind of is reality that people come and go in your life, but it's not a bad thing. I like it. I I totally get where you're coming from because I felt so... I mean, I'm talking to the question asker right now. I mean, I was kind of clingy, to be honest, because I felt so unlikable that when somebody did like me or want to be my friend, I would get pretty attached and I would put that person on a pedestal. And that was a mistake because then I lost a lot of my my own identity trying to like make sure that I didn't lose them. And that that's not good. That is not something you want to do. So you want to you want to stay true to yourself. Uh, you know, do your best to be <laughs> so cheesy. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I didn't, I you heard me hesitate. Put that on a poster. You heard me Here's hesitate. You heard me hesitate. In the sunset. You heard me hesitate <laughs> because I couldn't think of something better to a better way to phrase what it. What font do you want to use? Papyrus. Shut up. <laughs> Should we move on to the next question? No, I wasn't done with my sentence before you started making fun of me and I feel rejected. <laughs> 
Well, I'm only pretending to like you. So. Listen, what I the reason I wanted to phrase it differently is because stay true to yourself. I feel like can be misused as like I'm a bad person, but that's fine. I gotta stay true to myself. I'm like, no, no, no. I just mean you know, like don't don't try to change who you are at your core personality to desperately grasp on and hold on to people in your life that you're just not fitting with you know if, if it's just not working and not and it's not comfortable for you then it, if you're you're so young you can still find more people there are lots of people out there <laughs> anyway i'm not phrasing this correctly hopefully you're gleaning what my intention is behind these words that are not coming out of my mouth correctly <laughs> all right next question um, so, pff, somebody asked how to get the Xbox on Black Friday, because they weren't able to, and because I give the people we, what they want, I did, in are fact... Are really going to answer this? Shush! I did, in fact, do research and sent this person links, but I am not going to bore you all with this information, because my real answer is, you do not need to get the new Xbox. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> if they are going to get the new Xbox anyway, they might as well try to get a Black Friday deal on it. Just saying. You shouldn't buy it just because it's on sale, but if you were going to get it anyway and you were waiting for Black Friday. I just feel like people are spending too much money. (laughs) Asia, well, it's their money. They can decide what to do with it. No, it could be my money if they just stop buying all these Xboxes. (laughs) That's how the economy works. How how in the world would it be your money? I don't know, but that's how my little kid brain works. That still lives in my Just big brain works. <laughs> Does not work. Make it really I, okay. I didn't. This is not the ideal time for me to be making a podcast right now. None of my words are going to make sense. Do they ever? Our next question is: I can never put my bracelets on with just one hand. Not a question. Well, <laughs> I have an. I have a solution for you. Ooh. Get a third hand. Oh, yeah, science. Yeah, no, so I happen to know that this person lives with other people, so I was like, just make them do it and feel like a queen. Um, That's uh, (laughs) what I meant. Oh, you didn't mean, like, getting a a third hand attached bodily? (laughs) (laughs) No, it is. It is what I meant. (laughs) Of course it is. Well, yeah. (laughs) You Doc Brown over there, like... yeah, I can't think of any other, like, mad scientists. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't... I mean, Frankenstein? I saw... Oh, yeah, duh. That one's way more applicable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. Just get a third hand. Attach that, like, right in the center of your torso. Yeah, you're not Perfect. using that belly button for anything. <laughs> yeah. Belly buttons are weird looking anyway. <laughs> yeah. Just cover way that weirder than a third hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cover that up and you can put on all the bracelets you want. Yeah. Um, for reals, <laughs> though, I don't have somebody to help me put my bracelets on. And it is a struggle, but I do usually manage. Sometimes it means I have to put my arm down on a surface to like hold the bracelet in place and then use my other hand. Asia, stop giving real solutions. Uh, This is a professional podcast, and people rely on us for their information. I'm pretty sure we are under the comedy category. Oh, yeah. So, move on. Comedy always has a little truth in it. Okay, this one is another one where I was like, somebody should probably 
go to a therapist, but... (laughs) (laughs) But that's also my advice for everybody all the time. So, um, they say, people want too much from me. I'm a magnet for codependent friendships. Well, um, I think we established earlier that I am not that type of person. No. (laughs) Um, But I do know a lot of people that are that type of person. Me. Where (laughs) they are... Are you? Um, I are you? I really? have been in the past. I've gotten a little better at not being that person. Mm. I think there's a difference between not being able to say no and being a magnet for codependent relationships. Or I think I am a magnet for friendships that demand more of me than I'm capable of giving in the moment, and it's because I, you know, I want to be nice to everybody, but I also have this way of chameleoning myself in the situation, especially when I meet somebody new. And I think it gives people the idea that, wow, we have so much in common when sometimes we don't actually have that much in common, (laughs) like on a deeper level. And then I feel bad because I feel like I misled them into thinking that we're totally like, oh, we're totally vibing. We're the same person. And then that mm-hmm. kind of relationship can be kind of taxing because you feel like it takes a it takes more energy to maintain that friendship than it does with one where you're genuinely being like your real self and natural. Yeah. No, I've experienced that as well, but probably not as much. It's I wouldn't say I'm a chameleon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually pretty much me <laughs> with everyone I interact with, but I do find that sometimes I'll be in a different mood, I guess, or a, a little bit more, uh, I'm trying a little bit harder to be like, I don't know, like pushing myself, you know, reaching out, trying to like be a little bit more outgoing. Which is fine. And... Yeah, which is fine. It's part of being a balanced person. (laughs) When people meet me in a certain way or they meet me like that or they – or I think part of it is not that I'm agreeing with them, but I don't disagree with people because I choose my battles. And so I don't say I disagree with something um, quite often with people that I meet. And so they assume that we are on the same page and that I have, like, the same opinions as them, and they're like, oh, that's so cool. Like, we totally, like, are similar. And I'm like, no. Yeah, that and the people who have only met me in a couple contexts, and they think I'm, like, this super outgoing, extroverted, energetic person. And I'm like, I've used up all of my energy for the next month on this one interaction. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, anyway, what was your answer? My answer for her was um, that issues with codependency are best discussed with the professional, but this is something on which I believe I've been on both sides. The most important thing is learning to believe you are allowed to say no and set boundaries, and if they try to make you feel guilty for doing so, that's just a sign that you were right to set a boundary in the first place. A good friend will try to understand that you need to take care of yourself or take a break. Of course, it's good to make sacrifices to help out our friends, but there's a line where it becomes nothing but toxic and draining for one, if not both parties. And 
it is hard to find the balance because I do think it's fine to set boundaries in certain situations. I feel like for the most part, you should be as giving as you can in your friendships. And it's totally fine to go out of your comfort zone. And being self-sacrificing is something I believe in totally. It's just that there are some more rare situations where that's not the situation that is happening. It it becomes very one-sided, all one person taking, 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 and and sometimes even demanding, you know? And so that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about more extreme situations, not that you, like, should never do anything out of your comfort zone for your friend or never be self-sacrificing. No, and I don't even think that's necessarily this person's issue. I mean, yes, when you're in a codependent friendship, you can be overly self-sacrificing, but it might not be that it starts off the same way as you. Basically, I think if it is causing you severe distress, you know, emotional distress, or if it's causing you to suffer like some extreme hardships, then that's an issue. <laughs> like that's not how things should be. Also, I'm a little worried that when I said earlier that I chameleon and people get the wrong idea of who I am and our friendships that now people are going to be listening to that and thinking, oh my goodness, does she do that with me? And the answer is, if you're listening to this, no, I'm talking about everyone except for you. (laughs) Our friendship is the realest one. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people chameleon and also a lot of people expect you to. Mm Mm-hmm. I have been talking about this recently and my inability to chameleon, my inability to act different for the sake of others' like feelings, I just can't. And I don't recognize when I need to. And it's kind of its own issue. Reading back my conversations with somebody to another person who's extremely empathetic, they're just like, what? are you doing, Tawny? And I'm like, this is how I talk to everyone. So that's probably why I have no friends. And like, I I succeed sometimes, like to the point where I feel like I've tricked somebody, oops, into thinking that we're going to be best friends. But I also do not succeed sometimes. And I think the reason I started doing it in the first place is because of how unsuccessful I was at it for so much of my life that I got so much negative feedback. (laughs) So it's just like an adaption to get along in society. You've got to adjust a little bit, especially if you're a natural born weirdo like moi. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also if you talk like Miss Piggy sometimes, like moi. (laughs) (laughs) Cutie. All right. So next question. People really are using me as a therapist. They're not giving me the detective problems that I wanted yeah, to solve. Yeah, that's why I was like, you definitely want to... <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's actually kind of interesting because these are the types of conversations that I enjoy having with other people. Like, diving into the social and mental situations we're all dealing with and trying to figure out. Because it's kind of like, no matter what side you're on, you're having issues. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was interesting to see. I got so many of these these problems from people. And you don't know that these people are going through these things or that these things are going on in their heads. So it was an interesting experiment having people open up about like their worries. Like this next one, I want to be helpful to people, but I somehow always get it wrong. Which that's how I felt when I was a oh hostess boy. at a restaurant trying to make the waiters <laughs> happy. 
and the customers. Nope, not possible. It's the thought that counts. Oh my goodness. Put that on a poster. (laughs) No, but seriously, like, that's kind of what it comes down to, I think. The fact that you want to be helpful and you're trying, people will recognize that. If they are not completely self-centered, they will recognize that you're trying to be helpful. And even if it takes them a little bit of time, because some people, you know, they have their own perception of a situation, you know, Mm -hmm. but eventually people get there where they realize, well, they were just trying to help. And I know that I have to remind myself (laughs) of that sometimes because people will give me like unsolicited advice or do things that I don't want them to do. And (laughs) it's like, I don't know, getting a gift you don't necessarily want or like, but they put thought and effort into it and they're trying to do a nice thing. When you're a perfectionist and people try to help you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) internally screaming. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I... I I yelled, but it was like a joke yelling earlier today <laughs> at mom <laughs> because because I'm always telling her, quit telling me, like, if you want me to cook, quit telling me how to cook. Like, yeah. I know how to cook. You guys always like what I cook. So why do you always feel like you have to tell me what how to cook every time I start? If, do it yourself if you're not going to tell me how to do it. Anyway, so I was making a chicken and she hadn't even opened the thing yet. And she's like... Make sure you take the insides out. I'm like, Ma, quit telling me how to cook. Tawny. Did you know to take the insides out? Tawny, I am 32 years old. I know how to make a stinking chicken. And I have, (laughs) I took the guts out of a chicken for the first time when I was like a kid. I just, Look at all those chickens. I do not need to be told. I mean, it it wasn't it was not as egregious as what she usually does. I cannot I cannot cook a roast tawny without being told. <laughs> you know to stab it and stuff to garlic stab in it. it and stuff garlic in it. I know to stab it and stuff garlic in it. <laughs> <laughs> You're driving me crazy. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> Let's get back to this this problem. What it's were you really answering? <laughs> just I want to be helpful with people, but I somehow always get it wrong. Oh yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna say to that to keep trying because you'll get it right eventually. And when people do help and it is the right thing, like it always it it's always really good. And you know they'll appreciate the the prior effort as well. You're being so positive right now um this was my advice on instagram (laughs) stop helping (laughs) i said hmm without knowing any details is it possible you are guessing how people want to be helped instead of asking them how you can help just a possibility but i get it i've gone out of my way to help people before only to have it all backfire sometimes we just make mistakes or people don't appreciate what we do Before we assume they're ungrateful, though, we should make sure we're actually respecting how they do and do not want to be helped. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. Like telling me how to cook? No, thank you. I'll let it go. (laughs) I think this is something we both have experienced with our mother a lot, and I have to, you know, recognize the fact that she really does think that she's doing a good thing. And she does 
end up helping a lot of the time, even when I specifically requested her to not. Yes. But it, then I later I'm like, darn, I like this. <laughs> yeah, but the amount of times I've told her not to buy me clothes yeah. and then she buys me clothes, I'm like, I know you think you're doing a nice thing, but then I feel guilty because... I almost always don't like it or it doesn't fit. And then she's like, are you sure it doesn't fit? And I'm like, well, now I just feel fat. I think she's, so thank you. she's gotten better. And- <laughs> she's gotten better, I think, because she even made a joke about it, like at her own expense the other day, um, because she's, you know, she's decorating up there and she was going to make it all pink and purple because I said one time that I like pink and I was like, mom. I like the decor in here already. Like, just leave it the way it is. I let I love the decor in here. Don't make it pink. And so she's like, "Oh, I guess I'll have to return this blanket and all this stuff." I'm like, "Maybe take me shopping if you're gonna buy decor for me." And then, um, and and, sh- and also I went up there. And she's like, "You're not supposed to see this yet." Like, it was all supposed to be a surprise. And I'm like, "Oh, I'm I'm not gonna have input." Anyway, I said something about how. <laughs> She can't ask my opinion after she does all the work because then I'll be trapped. <laughs> like, and then she said, "Yeah, because if you say you don't like it, I'll be like, but I put all this work into it." <laughs> I was like, "Exactly." But I was—I just thought it was funny that she she made that joke before I made it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I just want to clarify though that. Our mom is not the only person that oh, at no. least I know that does this. <laughs> Definitely not. In fact, I do it. I know that I give, I try really hard not to like give unwanted advice or people, advice that people didn't ask for. But that's, that's the only way I know how to help. When people like are coming to me with problems, I, I try to ask now, <laughs> do you want my advice or do you want me to listen? You know, what do you want? And that is where I think Asia, her answer to the question, it really makes sense. Like, make sure you are figuring out how to help the person, like asking them what they need versus just doing things. Because a lot of the time we think we're helping someone by telling them what to do and that's not what they want. A lot of the time people just want someone to listen to them or we don't really know what's going on in people's heads, so... I like to get people presents, usually small things. So we have this, we have this question <laughs> sent in by Asia. I, I like to give people presents, <laughs> usually just like really small things, like a mug from Goodwill or whatever, or, or I'll just mail somebody something. Have I ever given you a present that you secretly hated? What? <gasps> yes. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it's only been one thing, and the only reason it's in my head right now is because. Somebody I know had a similar present that they were just like, ugh. How did I mess up this badly? Um, so when I moved to New York, do you remember what you gave me? All I remember is sending you a sticker. No, before I moved, what you sent with yeah. me. It was a scarf that you crocheted from the leftover yarn you had, and it was about the two feet long. The yellow and brown one? That was cute! You didn't no. like it? You should have <laughs> left it with me. No. It's... You know, I'll mail it back I'm to you. I'm a little sad. <laughs> well, I don't understand you why you didn't like it. It looks like your colors. Because, Asia, <laughs> it was not long enough to be I a scarf. I wear short scarves like that. I, like, pin them. And also, it's because it was kind of, like, not great material, so it wasn't, oh. like, soft or flexible. 
And fine. Yeah. I didn't know you were so picky. Um, <laughs> you didn't kidding. know I was picky. This is an example. I didn't think that through. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, that's a thing, though. I didn't say anything because I saw that, you know, it was, it's handmade. There was effort. It came out of love. So I appreciate that. But I've never worn it because it's not practical Put to it wear it. Put it on a snowman. <laughs> Maybe. I really, you know, I haven't built any snowmen since living out here, which is crazy since, like, last year there was a mountain of snow in my front yard. I guess I was unprepared for your answer to be something that I made by hand. I was expecting it to be something that I bought. <laughs> no, and I feel like every other gift that you've gotten me, though, has been, like, very perfect for me, so... That's the only so thing. So I'm good at shopping for you, just not making things for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just you used your remaining yarn and it wasn't enough. Uh, <laughs> it's not that you're bad at crocheting or anything. I can't believe I'm being a- punished for not at all planning that gift ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> I give you an afterthought of a present and this is the payback I get. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll get over it. So I want to ask the people listening to the podcast if there's anything either of us have have gotten or done as Tanya, a, I don't know if I can take as a it. favor <laughs> that, after that. Uh, okay, don't do Asia. I honestly plan on giving people more gifts than I actually do. Um, I think I always want to. I have the desire to, but then forget and. Um, I end up trying to do just, like, favors for people more so or, like, I don't know. But I wonder if that has something to do with, like, love languages. Anyway, probably. Gift giving, you know. Yeah, most of my presents are not expensive at all, but I like for them to be something that shows, like, hey, hey, I get you. Obviously, I failed with the scarf, but Mm -hmm. apparently my other gifts have been successful. (laughs) I don't think that the scarf not being functional has anything to do with you not getting Were the colors good, at least? Oh my gosh. They were okay. I'm devastated. (laughs) I honestly don't remember the colors very much. I feel like I would like them now more than I did a few years ago. They were like mustard yellow and kind of a mustard yellow, like ochre and white, I think, like cream. Yeah. That's something I would wear now. I don't think I would have worn it a few years ago, but... Like I said, the only issue is the lack of functionality. I forgot to make a scarf for the robot. Beep, beep, scarf does not function. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So our next question. I misread at first as I have a visceral hate for apps. And I was like, what? You're using one right (laughs) now. like the person who works in the app industry what how dare (laughs) no because of that i actually hate apps (laughs) would understand (laughs) um most apps are terrible we tawny was fired immediately after the posting of this podcast (laughs) please don't say that that makes me so anxious Okay, anyway, I have a visceral hate for apes, especially chimpanzees. How can I not be disgusted by them? My advice was, you are allowed to hate them. I can't see this becoming much of a problem in the future. (laughs) However, if you must get over this, maybe watch cute baby chimp compilations on YouTube. Baby chimps are very cute. 
Yes, usually by observing the baby form of anything, it is much more appealing. In fact, except humans. Certain... <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I really oh, I have so many thoughts on that. It depends on which stage of development you find the baby larva. Asia. The human larva. Yeah, the the baby larva. Like, honestly, the human I don't want to see people's newborn babies. <laughs> They're so weird. <laughs> They're little naked mole rats. They literally <laughs> were just inside you. Yeah. <laughs> They're all wrinkly and purple and stuff. Sometimes there's weird skin things happening, and it's like... Except me. I was perfect. I had weird skin things happening. You did. I was yellow. <laughs> you had jaundice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was a really ugly baby, and then it was I was an ugly baby until I was three, until I wasn't a baby anymore. I think I had to come out really cute because mom and dad did not want babies. <laughs> So it was, like, purely defense mechanism, like, uh, on my part. Like, I gotta be cute. Like, I came out with my filed nails and everything. Full manicure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, you got ready in there. You had a spa day beforehand. <laughs> that, you, if you guys think we're joking, that's the first thing my mom said about me when I was born was, look at her nails. Because my nails were nice. <laughs> and most you still have nicer nails. Are not. Although, aren't my nails cute? Those are cute nails. You guys can't see them, so this is great content. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> They're all different colors. Do you like my nails? Yeah. Thank you. See, your nails look not real. <laughs> like, they look good. Mine look like little ovals. Not just real means plastered good. onto my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like, I have to keep my nails short, so there's really no way to make them look, like, super feminine or whatever. Nails. <laughs> nails. That, how did we get here? Oh, yes. Baby chimpanzees. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, sometimes people post photos of, like, little itty-bitty spiders up close and, like, looking Why at a little jumping so spider's face, and it's like, I hate spiders, they're disgusting. In fact, I specifically hate jumping spiders, and yet somehow this is making me hate them a little bit less. The ones because... with the voiceovers? Mm -hmm. So cute. Yeah. So, looking at the baby form of a lot of animals can make you have a slightly less hate for that animal. The reason I'm going to Washington next month is to hang out with my friend Emily and our friend Emily. And she has been, like, nurturing these jumping spiders in her living room on one of her plants. And I feel like if I hadn't seen those TikToks of the voiceover jumping spiders, I would not be looking forward to this. But I'm actually... Really looking forward to meeting the jumping spiders and making my own little TikToks. <laughs> yeah. See, if those were in my house, they'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to nurture little spiders. <laughs> I don't care how useful they are to my plant. Jumping spiders always want to jump on me. Yeah, but they're not going to bite you. Every time I look at them, I don't care. <laughs> if something jumps towards me, I will kill it. I know. That was always my policy, too, but I'm... I'm Ever since I found out that jumping spiders can see the moon, my opinion of them has been oh, that's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> right? Why is that just... so cute? <laughs> I don't know. They can see the moon. So, um, Asia, should we ask the next question? Oh, the next one is a uh, one that was yeah. hard for me to be nice about. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm I'm trying to think of nice thoughts. For All this right. One. Uh, while you think about nice thoughts, I'll just read my answer to their nod question, which was, "I'm always getting friend zoned." <clears throat> if someone likes you as a friend, that's a good thing. Friends are good. You can't force someone to like you back. It'll happen when it happens. This is an extremely common feeling and relationships often don't go the way we'd hoped, but moping about it will do the opposite of draw people towards you. Being self-assured and fulfilled all by yourself has the twofold benefit of being good for your well-being and being far more attractive than someone who is resentful over perceived rejection. And that is just the truth. People can sense when somebody is resentful because they are jumping the gun assuming they're going to be rejected and also reacting poorly to being rejected guess who gets rejected tawny everybody (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and also i guess what really bothers me is i usually hear this friend zone thing from guys and like they seem to think that they have the monopoly on being quote-unquote friend zoned and rejected and i feel like if you talk just have a conversation with a girl ask them if they've ever had an unrequited crush on somebody ask them if they felt devastated by rejection I think you'll be hard-pressed to find somebody who who hasn't. So this is not, like, an experience unique to men. Yeah. No, I think you pretty much covered it. Um, (laughs) I I couldn't think of any more positive thoughts. Okay. Or any. I felt like I was being a little mean, but I really have thought a lot about this for many years. (laughs) This is the conclusion I've come to. Yeah. No, and I think it, it is interesting. You can tell when people have that that attitude, and it is um, off-putting. It's off-putting, and it's it's just a vicious cycle because if you make that part of your identity that, like, it's a foregone conclusion that girls just don't like guys like me, then they're not. Mm-hmm. Girls aren't gonna like guys like you. <laughs> you know, you have to like. You have to learn to like yourself. Put that on a poster. Um, but you do. I mean, you you have to work on yourself. Don't just be resentful. If there's genuinely some qualities that maybe are driving people away, it's again, like what I said earlier, you don't want to change who you are at your core. But we all have to adjust a bit for other people. If I acted like 100% myself, I would be an utter trash goblin, you know? So I instead yeah. have to practice basic human hygiene and be nice to people sometimes. <laughs> That's how we're in a society. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm exaggerating, obviously, but it's just a fact. That's It's not changing who you are so much as it is just growing as a human being. You know, acquiring new skills, not thinking, I'm done. I'm cooked, ready to go at like 20 or whatever. Because it's all—it's not only guys I hear this a lot from. It's usually younger guys, like 19 through 23. And I'm like, my boy, your brain isn't even developed till you're like 25. 
So just relax. It'll be fine. You'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Well, our next question came from uh, a woman who has seemingly the opposite problem as our previous question asker. <laughs> no, that's not quite right. It's it's just interesting seeing this next question that we have um, juxtaposed against the previous question. Uh, the problem the next person had is uh, people in my life only love me if they think I'm attractive, which like that's a whole suitcase to unpack. <laughs> You know, um, here was my advice. Uh, how do you know this if you've never been unattractive? Oh, oh. <laughs> but seriously, <laughs> are you talking about romantic interests or just people in general? It's true that a lot of people are nicer to people they find attractive, but a lot of non-classically attractive people are very loved by those around them. Is it that people who love you always seem to bring up your appearance? Does it make you want to rebel and change your look to see if they'll still love you? My opinion is that you simply are an attractive person, outwardly and inwardly. Um, P.S. I do know this person, so that was just my opinion. So people comment on it as one of the things they like about you without realizing it may make you question your worth outside of physical appearance. But that doesn't mean that's all people love about you. They just aren't thinking that deeply about it. When a person looks nice, other people tell them. That's just how it goes. Maybe you are craving reassurance that you are lovable at your core. I can't change what other people say or do, but I personally think you are very cool and smart and curious. If you're at all worried you have pretty privilege, maybe use it to lift others up who may be struggling with insecurities. It'll work. You complimented me before, and I'll never forget it. So that was just a true story, because this is one of my friends, and... When I first met this particular friend of mine, I was like, man, she's so cool and pretty. And then I found out, like, a long time later that she had been intimidated by me. And, like, the reasons she expressed were similar to why I had been intimidated by her. And I was like, dude, we were mutually intimidated. That's weird. But it just goes to show that, you know, we don't always know what other people are thinking about us. And... I feel like this goes deeper for this person. Like it's probably, it seems like it's just an ongoing thing and, and they're on the younger side too. So they're just probably, you know, trying to figure out their identity. And when your looks come up a lot as part of what people comment on all the time, as part of your identity, that can, that can give you some complexes. So I understand. Thoughts? <laughs> I'm compiling. <laughs> um, I'm trying to take this as a question that, like, as if I don't know the person and what they look like. So, not knowing this person, which, I mean, I do, but if I didn't, people in my life only love me if they think I'm attractive. Um, so, I have a few thoughts, or a couple thoughts. The first being that, generally, people become more attractive when they like you. So the more they like your personality, the more attractive you are going to become to them. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's possible there's some confusion in which order those things are happening. Um, but also realistically, yeah, people are going to 
put more effort into getting to know someone, like, especially if this is a romantic relationship thing, they're going to put more effort into getting to know someone that they're initially attracted to, which is unfortunate, but that's just how things go. And I don't know, at the same time, attractive is subjective. So sometimes that preferential treatment that someone might give us is because we are the more attractive version of ourselves. We're more put together that day. We're dressed nice. Um, we look more professional, that kind of thing. So it's, I don't know, there's a lot of different sides to this. Um, but I also think that it's a reality that we have to live with, that we, we do need to look a certain way sometimes to come across the way that we want to like if we want a job where we need to look professional or you know if we want a job where we are making other people look good then usually they're gonna trust someone who also looks good or has their hair done like if they want their hair done does that make sense right but this is talking specifically about love so i think don't <laughs> under my advice is just don't underestimate the people close to you and their capacity yeah. for complex emotions <laughs> well that was kind of my first point is that we don't necessarily know in which order things happened mm -hmm. exactly and we can't make the assumption that somebody only loves us because they're attracted to us. Like, a lot of the time they're just going to be more attracted to us because they enjoy being around us. The number of men I have found extremely attractive until they open their mouth. <laughs> so, exactly. like, if they were attractive and then they opened their mouth and I was like, ooh, then they would become more attractive. If they're attractive and they open their mouth, and this is what usually happens, I <laughs> I would be like, never mind. It's it takes <laughs> no one's that attractive <laughs> like to balance out the rest of what's happening here. <laughs> so that's not enough for me to love somebody, obviously. The personality has to be there too. And I think person who's remaining anonymous people like to talk to you and they wouldn't like to talk to you if you were just a face that was sitting there you know oh yeah for sure should we ask this one last question yeah let's end on a lighter note how do i convince my mother a pet iguana is a good idea here are my pros that you can list for your mother pros of having an iguana does not bark portable no shedding Eats bugs. Pest control. Cute. Actually, quite personable. Bright green. Very easy to find. And very cool. Um, my cons, zero. There are zero cons. So. Mm, I have a couple of cons. Are you sure that they don't shed? Like, their skin? Well, I... They don't shed hair. Shedding skin is awesome. So, it's fine. <laughs> also... It's like getting a second iguana. How do you feed them? Um, Tawny, I'm going to be real with you and tell you that I did zero research when compiling this list. <laughs> okay. I assume they eat uh, the bugs. <laughs> my pro is they're cool. They're just way cooler. Yeah. That, um, what else do you need? Yeah. My con is that I think their claws might hurt you. And also our neighbor 
or like where we grew up had a pet iguana oh, yeah. and it escaped one time and this is totally not a pro or con actually but it's just a funny story <laughs> um <laughs> pro they give you funny stories <laughs> <laughs> the uh, iguana escaped, and our neighbor was like going door to door looking to or trying to see if anyone had seen the iguana. I thought and... you said the iguana was going door to door. Yeah, that would be quite a funny story. Um, no, and we were like, no, sorry. And then later, um, we were sitting in our room, which was like mostly windows, and uh, dad was like, oh my god, there's the iguana because he had like eagle eye vision. And I, like, look and see, and this iguana is, like, totally up in a tree across from our backyard. <laughs> he was in Mr. Meek's tree. I can't believe you saw that. Garden. And it was, like, camouflage, too. I was just, like, I cannot believe you saw that. That is crazy. I still remember and the so, day Dad's eyes went bad, and it was, like, devastating for him, because he always had yeah. that crazy eyesight. It was very sudden. But anyway, the neighbors got their iguana back, so that was cool. It's cool to have unique pets, I think. If I'm going to be 100% honest, there is one con in my mind, and I think that is that they carry salmonella. I, again, did not do any research, but I think this is true, because when I was a kid, I was being babysat by somebody, and I think they had a pet iguana, and they were like, okay, wash your hands after you touch it, because they carry salmonella. And I was like, that is a devastating thing for you to have told me. The child with OCD, <laughs> as specifically germophobia, and now everything here is contaminated. Thank you very much for ruining my whole entire life. Um, yeah, but I mean, that's also <laughs> true of chickens and and turtles and a lot of animals. Yeah, um, I did not care for that one bit. However, I feel like <laughs> most people are not like little OCD Asia, and so it will be fine. Just wash your hands. Yeah. Or get sick. You know, up to you. Yeah, either way. Just kidding. Do not get salmonella. It's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Can have serious repercussions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, that's our podcast. Woohoo! We did it! We actually have so many more questions. I know. Really what excited. Is We're rich. Rich in to get queries. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm excited to get to these, so maybe we'll record. Maybe we'll record sooner rather than later. Just don't give the people um, false hopes. You know, <laughs> it's just normally I'm not very motivated because the asking for questions part is so ugh. And <laughs> But since we have such a backlog, why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? And my schedule was very busy the last few months. Um, I was road tripping through Arizona and up to California and yeah, just, and then got back to New York and had busyness and another person moving into my place and all kinds of stuff. I guess I could have included that in the update. We should have recorded in Fort Bragg. Uh, yeah, except can you imagine trying to get people to be quiet for that? No, it might've been kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> True. All right. Thanks for listening. That's it for us today. If you'd like to support our podcast and enjoy some sweet bonus content, head on over to patreon.com slash mostly rational, where you can hear our blooper reels and bonus episodes for as little as a dollar per episode. And actually, just based on how recording this podcast went, there's probably going to be a ton of blooper content coming up. Yeah, and also, based on our uh, trends on how often we post, you're probably going to be paying like 2 or $3 a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> if you'd like to send in a question, 
you can do so at MostlyRationalPodcast.com or you can just email us at MostlyRationalPod at gmail.com. All right. Thanks for listening. Good job on the intro, Tawny. Outro. Good job on the outro, Tawny. <laughs> well, I did the intro too, so. Oh, it was relevant. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Sorry, we... No, we're not going to keep apologizing. Sorry. Take what you get. It's free. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Unless you pay us a dollar an episode, then you get extra stuff and then we apologize. <laughs> <laughs>